0: Hello, hello, hello. Well, that would be a tough mom, wouldn't it? Kicking you around? It's good to, to be here, and again, as we keep saying, wow, to see so many people here, what a blessing. It's been eight months since we've had this many people here. You know, we, yeah, just Celebrate. You know, fellowship so important. And people kept saying throughout that period when we were doing everything online, people will never come back to church. You know, they're enjoying being home in their beds and staying in their and watching it online. But, you know, I don't think that's the case. You know, I think that we really are blessed by coming together each week and worshiping together. Um, how was your week? Tell me. Call out. How was your week? over here, how was your week? Man, I'm not hearing the word that I thought I would hear. How was your week? Oh, I think I heard it. Someone said it. You know, this is a common response when we're asked, how was your week? Busy. You know, I say it often because life is busy. And um You know, it's not good. Many years ago, a colleague of mine shared, it was about 15 years ago, and he says, busy is actually a sin. And I was quite challenged by it. I'm not sure if I uh, agree with him totally, but it begins on how you define busyness. Now, someone told me in the foyer, when I told him my topic and I was talking about busy, he goes, Do you know what busy stands for? Busy under Satan's yoke. Yeah, well, if that's the case, then that is a sin, being busy. But, you know, life is busy. We, we, we're in a rush. And, you know, I've shared with you before how I'm in a rush, especially when it comes to driving. Even when I'm not in a rush, it's such a habit. You know, I've always got to be first. And I don't even have to be in a hurry. And as we go through this series, I know I'm going to be challenged when um, uh, Pastor Lockie preaches in a couple of weeks' time about slowing. Because I know some of the things that I'll be challenged to do is to actually drive in the slow lane. That's going to, you know, to actually at the supermarket choose to get in the longest checkout You know, that's, that's, that's going to be a challenge. But I think it, it's good. It's good for me to learn to think about things different instead of being rush, 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 push, push, push. Um, we are slaves to our schedules, to our diaries, you know. And it's, you know, one appointment to the next. And what we want to talk about today is just challenges us all. Because we're all different, and we all wired a bit different, we operate different. But there's one thing that we all need, and that's what we're going to talk about today, okay? And I want to do, give a little bit of an introduction before we really get into it. But, you know, we really need to take time to be silent and to have... Solitude, silence and solitude. now, it used to be this is what people thought church was, and you know church is somewhere you came and you sat really quiet and you you know and I must say that i 'm sure that that can be a blessing, but I think in our culture, and if you look around the age average age in our church here today i don 't think we 're going to be a church where we 're going to have heaps of young people and young adults coming. If we're all just sitting here being silent, you know, because this is our chance to fellowship, to sing, to praise. And, you know, church, some churches might have a place where you can go if you want to just sit silent. I, I find church for me in silence is getting out in nature, walking on the beach, going out to a peaceful lake. You know, to me, that, that's where I really have reflective time. But, you know, we're so overwhelmed and, and there's certainly no time in history when... People have been so overwhelmed with so much information. You know, we have terabytes of of data and news and social media being fed to us and and notices and alerts all the time. And never has in in history has people had, had to deal with this. And I believe it's gonna cause a lot of issues. And I believe this is probably what's gonna make busy about. Busy under Satan's yoke because if we're not taking time out, if we're not actually somehow making time to reflect and to spend with God, then we're going to have a problem. And one of the problems with all this information is it creates a paralysis. A paralysis is is because there's so much information, and even if it's good information, there's so much of it that we don't actually. Take it and apply it and actually do it. You know, oh, that's good. But then you got all this other information. That's good too. That's, and, and you get overwhelmed with information. And, and I'm very much that way often. Even when I'm studying the Bible, I'm getting all these different, because uh, I love hearing other preachers and watching different feeds and, and uh, listening to podcasts. But, but sometimes I just need to stop because it just gets too much. And I got to focus on one thing just to help to give me some direction. And, you know, one of the blessings we have as Seventh-day Adventists, you know, and maybe you're just here visiting for the first time, maybe you don't know a lot about Seventh-day Adventists, but, you know, we, we treasure our weekly Sabbath. We think not only is it a commandment that was given there in Exodus 20, but it was also it goes right back to creation. That we were actually created with a seven-week cycle built into us. One, two, three, four, five, six, stop One, two, three, four, five, six, stop that's the cycle. That's what the Sabbath's about. The Sabbath is meant to be a blessing, something that's not all about rules and regulations. And many of us, like my generation and even and down, you know, we've kind of rebelled against some of the rules and stuff we grew up with. You know, I grew up in the, the, the Bible Belt in Alabama, and it was very strict. We couldn't do much at all on Sabbath. And um, when I got old enough, I kind of said, man, I, I've had enough of that. And I think, you know, i probably almost, um, the pendulum's gone the other way. And I kind of want to bring it back, because some of those things that were special to me growing up, and, and we have tried to practice it in our family, but, you know, we probably could do it better. And that is actually just really making the Sabbath something special. You know, taking that time to, to actually, that 24-hour period where you open the Sabbath, is just a way of actually shifting gears turning off what we can, and then actually having that 24-hour period to really focus on our relationship with God and our relationship with people, our families especially. You know, what a great, you know, some of my greatest memories are things that we did on Sabbath. You know, it was the one time that as families, we can focus on each other, we can do things together. You know, whether it's a nature walk, whether it's a walk on the beach, or whether it's just having some fun time at home, whatever it might be, that family time is very special. And I just want to use that as, as, as something that we make important and a priority in our life. You know, last week, Pastor Lockie talked about priorities. And that was our, our first in this series of being unhurried. But, you know, our priorities, God first, but our families are, are right there below it. You know, we got a responsibility, us moms and dads. Uh, and, um, and, and the children as well. You've got a responsibility to, to play a part in the family as children. And, you know, the family is a beautiful unit. And the Bible talks a lot how we are so blessed by having families. So I hope that Sabbath will be something. What, what, what is it you enjoy about the Sabbath? Call it out. What, what, what are some of your best memories? What do you love about the Sabbath? Let me hear some. Just call it out. Rest. 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 Big one, yep. What else? Okay, stop working. Singing, worshiping, sing alongs. What else? Fellowship with friends, hanging out with friends, food, fellowshipping and food. You know, all these are great things. You know, what is it? You know, Sabbath is a very special day. And having those things that are special, we we need to treasure and keep them there. Don't let the world push them out because having that, that day, is very important. Let me just, I'll just put up a list of things that, these are some of the things that that I thought of that I really love about Sabbath. Rest is there for me. Fellowship, you know. I, I am a bit of an introvert, okay, I have to admit. I get peopled out. My wife's, you know, if you're an introvert, you're drained by people. If you're an extrovert, you're energized by people. I enjoy people, but I am drained. I think my wife, she's energized by people, so we make a good balance. Often, opposites attract. But, you know, I still, and especially this year with COVID, you know, when we were unable to meet as church, I missed it. And when we were first, in the first Sabbath in August, able to meet again, I was like, I was... It, 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 my heart rate was up. I was excited. It was really good. And, and today, it's a bit of that feel too, because it's kind of the next level where we're able to go back. Some things we take for granted. Let's not take worship and fellowship for granted. Studying the Bible. You know that the Bible and all those stories so fascinating, so educational, so, so relational. As we actually can all find. Verses that we find, we, we we relate. We have favorite verses. We have favorite characters. We have favorite Bible stories. You know, these are things that help us to deal with our lives. And so, as we spend each Sabbath, and you know, the Sabbath is not something that's you're forced is forced on you. It's a blessing. It's a gift. And um, if you're feeling like you're forced. To come to church. Well, maybe you need to reevaluate being here because it's really not meant to, you know, it's more of a, a mindset as you come to church. And I think if we come to church, hey, I want a fellowship today. Hopefully the, the pastor might have something good to share. But that doesn't really matter. If he's boring and I'm falling asleep, I'm still going to enjoy church. you know. Maybe the music won't be my choice of songs, but I'm still going to be blessed by church. You know, because there is a powerful thing about coming together. Because we as a church become like, like the kingdom of God on this earth. The kingdom of God on this earth. And here in the Bible it says in Romans... For the kingdom of God is living a life of goodness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Goodness, peace, and joy. I mean, wouldn't most people want to live that sort of life? That's what it's about. Goodness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You know, it sounds a lot like Sabbath. Those things that we like is really a focus on these things. Everything you love about the Sabbath is a reflection of the kingdom of God. So we should love the Sabbath, really. If we don't love it, something might be wrong with our relationship. And again, as a Christian, there's two things that sum up what Christianity. And I say it all the time. It's our relationship with God and our relationship with people. Love God, love people. That sums up what Christianity is all about. That simple. And um, if we're not covering those two things, we're off track. Because the ultimate example, that's Jesus. And we're going to focus a lot as we're going through some of this stuff on Jesus today. Because Jesus is the ultimate example. And Sabbath's our weekly break from the hurried life, the anxiety, the stress, the worry, the rush of life. And I've heard it said that if the devil can't stop you, he'll get behind you and push you to go faster. Because if he can keep you going and going and going and going, being busy, living the hurried life, then you don't have time to really build your relationship with God, to have that silence and solitude that God desires to build that relationship with you you know and maybe church is something that you're new to or maybe you've been coming for a long time and you've given a lot and we've had, we've recognized some of the people who have given especially over the COVID period, put in the extra effort and I thank you for that but you know serving is really something that we're called to do and if you're not finding serving in church enjoyable at least somewhat you know it's still serving it's it's like work but it's it's a different type of work it's not like your weekly job it's 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 a work for God and if you're not finding that enjoyable maybe we need to find another place for you to be serving where it's a more natural fit where you find your sweet spot where you can really excel and enjoy And we all have bad days, and some weeks, you know, you know, some some weeks I don't want to come to church. Some weeks I don't want to preach. You know, that's all right. We all have those times. But ultimately, as we reflect back, we should have growth and enjoyment coming from time in church. And, you know, next year we're going to be relaunching what we've been developing this year called our growth track. And the growth track is going to be about each of you really discovering, knowing God and finding freedom. And then discovering your purpose and then actually being involved to make a difference. You know, this is our um, mission. This is our model that we're following as a church. Serving should be a joy. In Mark 10, 45, it says, Even the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve others. And again, Jesus, this is Jesus. The son of man is Jesus. You know, He's the son of God who came and became the son of man. And what did he do when he became the son of man? He served mankind. He brought the kingdom of God to earth. He brought the message and he taught. And you know, he showed us an example. And what a powerful thing it is as we read and we reflect and have those moments of silence and solitude of connecting with him. In Galatians 5.13, it says, For you've been called to live in freedom. Freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. So this is what God's called us. We're set free from sin. Sin's like chains that bind us the bad habits, the addictions, the things that are bring us down and cause us grief and break up families and break up relationships, breaks up our relationship with God and breaks up our relationships with each other. And God wants to free us. He wants to heal us. And He will. But we've got to be able to allow Him to. And one of the ways that's done is by us actually being involved in church. Us actually serving each other. The other way to look at this is if you're coming into church and you're finding that you're not finding enjoyment from serving, you might change it to the word slaving. And if you're feeling like you're slaving, there's a difference in serving and slaving. Slaving is doing something you're forced to do you don't really want to do. Serving is having the privilege of doing. You see the difference? A big difference. And really as Christians, we should be privileged to be serving each other and to be serving others. And I, I apologize on behalf of the church. If you've been pressured and pushed to, to, to uh, do things and to serve in the church, and you found it really hard, and, um, you know, that's... We've got a lot of jobs that need to be done to run a church. But we want you to find fulfillment and joy. We want your input, because we all come together as the body of Christ, and we're all different parts. And so we just got to find the part that you fit best with. And that's a bit of a process. But as, as Christians... It's a privilege to live the Christian life. It's living the kingdom life. And um, as we unhurry, we live in the silence and solitude, the the rush of busy life slows down. But it's not possible to live a kingdom life if we're always in a hurry. So that's why this series is called Unhurry. We want to be unhurried Slow down, to not be busy all the time, to take time. A kingdom life in the midst of a chaotic world. If we are a people of God's kingdom, we should be different than the people of the world. If you've become a Christian, you're a born-again Christian, you've been born again, you've been saved. You know, has your life changed? If it hasn't changed, then you know, I would challenge you to see, hey God... Yeah, you're likely not spending that time connecting, that time of silence and solitude where God can actually start working in you and through you and transforming you. If we're people of the kingdom, then we shouldn't live like the people around us. Our lives should look different regardless of whatever our situation and circumstances are. And we find that in Scripture, especially we find that in the writings of the Apostle Paul who had some terrible circumstances, you know, faced death many times, but yet he wrote some of the most joyful, wonderful things because his circumstances did not determine how he experienced life. And so the big idea really is this today. Is it not possible to live a kingdom life if you're always in a hurry? This is really what it's about. So let's slow down. Well, I want to give you some, as I kind of wrap this up today, some advice on how we can do this and um, really it's looking back to Jesus in Matthew 4 17 it says repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand what's the kingdom of heaven remember I said before goodness peace and joy is at hand at hand means it's in reach all we have to do is reach out and take it But we're so busy, we're so much in a hurry, we're so chaotic with life that we don't take time to reach out and to take it when it's there for us. Let's look to Jesus. As we look to Jesus, we find that Jesus was never really in a hurry. I can't really find anywhere in the Bible. Now, I'm sure he must have ran as a kid and played games. Bible doesn't record that, but he was a kid like any other kid. But you know, we we don't see him. You know, I've only got three and a half years to do this. I've got to run from this town to this town. You know, oh oh, you know, because there's something about rushing. And this is really speaking to me because I am a very pressure-driven person, and that leads me often to having to rush and be in a hurry. And I know this sermon speaks to me as much as it does anyone here, because I need to slow down. I need to be more prepared. I need to live more like Jesus did and be willing to stop and help people. I remember as a child, my dad was always one. didn't matter if he was going to an appointment. If someone was broke down the side of the road, he would stop and help them. I can remember so many times him doing that. didn't matter if it was a, a, a man or a woman. He would stop and he would help them get their car going. And often it would be something simple. He wasn't a mechanic, but he was pretty good at just you know, finding out whether it was fuel or spark and you know, getting, getting it going. You know, but we're so busy, we don't have time to see the needs around us. Oh, I can't stop. i got to get to church. You know, it reminds you of that story of the Good Samaritan. You, know? you had the priest. that, you know, I don't know what his excuses were. The Bible doesn't tell us, but you know, he must have had something pretty important. Or maybe he was just afraid that this was just a trap. That person wasn't really hurt. I'm sure he had some way of rationalizing his thoughts. So he walked on the other side. And so did the Levite. And it wasn't until the Samaritan who was meant to be an enemy of this man actually went and helped him. Let's be aware. Let's not be so much in a hurry. Let's slow down. Not only on the Sabbath, and that is a chance, as I said, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, stop. But every day we need to really take some time to stop. And this is really the thing that I want to challenge us all to take home from here. And that is that we are taking time every day in silence and solitude. Are you having time alone with God? Jesus, Jesus is known, he was called the rabbi. And the word rabbi is is, is teacher, but it's more than teacher. It's more like an apprentice. It's like someone that gets there and helps you and shows you the right way to do it. And Jesus is our rabbi. He's there and he shows us how to do it. And what do you find throughout the stories of Jesus that he did Throughout all the rush of life, he didn't rush. He took it one thing at a time. And when he had had enough, what did he do? He'd go up to the hills. He'd pray. He'd talk to his Heavenly Father. He would re-energize, reconnect, and he would keep going. And there's only once I can really think maybe when Jesus was overwhelmed. And that was getting close to time for his crucifixion. And I remember he was going to that garden of Gethsemane. I think that was the one point you probably found that Jesus was starting to get overwhelmed. It was all coming to a head. It was all happening. And what did Jesus do? What did he do in that garden? He called those that were closest to him. They went and they prayed. They didn't do a very good job. They kind of went to sleep on him, but Jesus tried Guys, we need to be praying. We need to be talking to our Heavenly Father. We need to be spending time reflecting in silence. Maybe you have to get up earlier. Maybe you just need to make that a priority as Lockie talked about last week. You know, Don't put in all the little rocks and there's no big room for that big rock. And that most important thing in your life is your relationship with Jesus Christ. Making him number one. Making him one, number one. And this is, this is what Jesus said as our rabbi on the Sermon on the Mount. He says, when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. And I want to challenge us: How many of us are really ta- taking that and doing it? You know, sure, we come to church and pray. We might pray a blessing on the food. But are we actually going by ourselves and opening our hearts up and telling God, all our worries, all our cares, all our problems, all the things that we're facing. And allowing him to, to transform us. You know, it's not easy to do this. But we need to make a place and a time and make it happen. I want to challenge you to do that. And as we read on here in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, says, Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me, Jesus says. Get away with me, And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Watch the rabbi. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. And you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that powerful? Instead of the forced routines of stress, Jesus offers us a better way. And this is by living in the Spirit. And this is the way Jesus did it. Jesus was connected with His Heavenly Father through the Spirit. And it led to Him not having to run, hurry and rush. But to walk. Walk in the Spirit each day. May this be what you make a priority in your life. That you will walk in the Spirit. That you won't just seek things of this world, but you'll seek first. Remember, the number one priority that we need is God. Seek you first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then all these things will be given to you as well. And it goes on and he says here on uh these words on the Sermon on the Mount, Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough worry of its own. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that beautiful? All these things. Put God first. Stop worrying. Seek Him. You know, we're so dysfunctional in our lives because our priorities get mis- mixed up. If we get God first, then things will start to fall into place. But, but you know, what are you worshipping really is what it's about. We all worship something. You know that? Even non-Christians worship something. Whatever you put number one in your life, that's what you're worshipping. And a lot of people, it's money, it's success, it's career, whatever it might be. But we need to put God there. We need to stop worrying. Worry, you see, can be what we worship. And when we are trying to hold on to worry, we're holding on to all those things that are unknown, our doubts, our fears, our anxiety, depression, you know, chaos, darkness. These are the things of worry. You know, I've lost my job. Am I ever going to get married? You know, how am I going to pay the bills? These are the worries. we are holding us, and they're holding us down. One of the things I've discovered only in recent times is real worship. And to me, and I'm not, I'm not trying to make you Pentecostal or, or anything, but I've just found when I worship and raise my hands to God, somehow it's like me saying, I'm letting go. Take me, God. I surrender. So if you see Pastor Mike doing that, it's not because I'm trying to be a show off. It's my way of worshiping, and I found it very freeing. And I'm, I'm not expecting anyone to do it, but I. I just personally have found that really a way of letting go. Letting go of the worries. And worship each week, such a powerful way of me doing that. Let Jesus, let Him create in us an attitude of worship. And seek Him first. Seek God first. Jesus is the one thing, the one thing that needs to be first in our lives. Goodness, peace, and joy. That will replace anxiety, depression, and fear. Okay? So will you make a, a commitment? And as I invite the worship team to come back up, we're going to sing a great closing song. And, and what I want to challenge us to do, and last week, you know, we had communion. communions about recommitment. But I just want to challenge, there might be some here today, that's saying, yeah, I've been living a life, but it's not very fulfilling. I feel like I've been... Um, Just rushing, living a hurried life. And I want to put God back in His place. I want to make Him number one in my life. And while we're singing this closing song, I'm going to stand up at the front. I'm going to invite some of the elders in our church to come and stand up here in the front. And just come up to myself or one of the elders, and we'd love to just acknowledge that commitment you're making today to saying, hey God, you know, I've kind of let things start to get busy and things start building up the ladder and you're going down. I want to put you back on the top where you belong. If that's a commitment you want to make today, I invite you to come forward as we sing this song about being still and knowing God.